Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever time it is. Thank you for tuning in to the first ever episode of That Guy from NFM UK. I am your host, That Guy from NFM UK. And it's taken a while, it's taken a lot of work, but we finally have brought our podcast to life. So you can expect this podcast running every single week with new episodes from talking about the NFM UK shows and our schedule and events for 2020, but also athlete interviews, interviews with other brand leaders from the fitness industry. We have a lot of stuff going on. But today's first episode is all about the Atlas International 2019. Back last year on the 16th of November, nine of our NFM UK competitors flew out to Oklahoma City to represent Great Britain at the GBO Atlas International competing against 25 countries from all over the world. And not only did our athletes do a phenomenal job, but also we brought back home just under $9,000, which was a massive jump from our 2018 winnings of $3,500. So today's episode, we have also brought in a special guest, which is Chris Proctor, the European GBO director, but also you guys will have known him as the head judge of all the NFM UK shows. And what we did was a very much a, a long awaited recap of the Athletes International talking and dissecting each category where we had our guys and girls competing in. So less about the recap, let's go straight into the podcast. As always, any feedback is greatly appreciated. Do bear in mind, it is our first podcast. We had a few TV issues with our connection and sound quality, but I assure you we will get better and the quality of the sound will also improve over the next few episodes. But please enjoy the episode. And this is that guy from NFM UK. So please where I'll start, Chris. We got we gotta recap the Atlas. We gotta okay. recap the Atlas 2019. Um, yeah. we both agree that we heard whispers from people in America talking about Team GB. I know I put loads of stuff on social media about Team GB is gonna come out to America and we're gonna we're gonna go out and we're gonna try and take down as many as many names as possible against as many high places as possible. Before we go into each category, Chris, in your opinion, before the Atlas 2019, what was your thoughts of how Team GB could do at the Atlas 2019? Yeah, do you know that was a tricky. One. I mean, obviously, a lot of the athletes who were going to compete there, I, I knew of or I'd seen in the past. Um, there was a few categories that I felt comfortable with and there was a few that I didn't. Uh, I have to say as a whole, the team, I was a little worried. I was, it, it only in the sense that I knew we had a good team going out there and I was confident with them as individuals. But at the same time, I'd seen through the US shows throughout the year how the standard had gone up dramatically. Um, not that the athletes of the previous year were not any good, that's not what I'm saying. It's just progression. The same athletes are coming back and looking better. So I was deep down, I was a little bit nervous, but also a little bit confident, you know. But I'm very much sort of open and let's see what happens on the day. Because at the end of the day, you can only beat what you're on the stage, on what you're competing against on the stage. Everything that's gone on in the past year starts from scratch the minute you walk out on stage at the Atlas. So you never know what you're going to get. But I was nervous. Because I wanted our team to do well, but yeah. at the same time, quietly confident. 
Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll be honest as well. I felt confident in the team because I knew what we were bringing. Yeah. However, there were some competitors which I felt on our side that may not do as well as others, but mm. completely blew that out of the water. Uh, we'll go into those uh, who I'm talking about and some of them you may know already. But I did. I felt confident. I... I know you're more involved anyway because you know the people who are competing from your other countries, mm. um, especially on the bodybuilding side. For myself, obviously, my focus was very much on the, the GB guys. And I saw everybody, in my opinion, they looked and they brought their best when they were at the photo shoot a week before the sh show. So I knew, you know what, we're going to have the guys and the girls in tip-top position it's all about what happens on stage, you know, in regards to the emotion, the experience, um, the flight over there, the stage, you know, the overall day is going to be completely different from competing in the UK. And mm -hmm. um, as we kind of seen, you know, a lot of the guys, in fact, all of them, they all stood up and did everybody so proud here and, and back home. But I think the best place to start is let's go in order of each category when yep. they came onto the stage. So, Let's start off with the big one. It was men's beach body, yeah. men's beach body pros. We had three of our boys out there. We had the United Champions overall winner, Kyle Green. We had the Super Showdown overall winner, Elliot Robinson. And we had Prada Scobar, who came third in the overalls, a Knight Champion, and second in uh, Super Showdown. And just on point this out as well, because I really, really want points across. This was Prada's first ever year competing in any show. How many people do you know who compete in their first year end up competing in America representing their country? It's absolutely, you know, hats off to Prada. Yeah. We, we're going to go through the results. He didn't get the result he wanted, but for what you achieved this year, mate, absolute respect to you. But going on to the men's speech class, God, Chris, talk me through your thoughts Right. Of the speech class. Well, I mean, I knew Brandon. Uh, Brandon was obviously the Slovenian champion. Now, I know for a fact that he was concerned about some of the guys we were bringing over. And Brandon always turns up looking good. But I have to say, he looked the best I've ever seen him. He really put the work in for this. He, he didn't at any point felt he could cruise this at all. He really put the effort in. Um, Ty came back. He looked good last year. I seen him at his qualifier at the Storm Classic and he looked absolutely, he was like, wow factor, Jesus man, these guys are really bringing it. So I knew our guys were going to be up against it. Um, for me, I thought Kyle was going to, was the best chance in the men's physique because of the size, his muscle structure and his size. However, yeah. I didn't count out Elliot because I know what Elliot's stage presence is like. However, I thought I was a little bit um and on about Elliot because of the, the muscle definitions or the size of the guy. He's not quite as big as the other guys on stage. Uh, Prada, it was his first time ever, so I never quite knew what to expect from Prada. So I've seen him on stage twice, but he is a bit, of, he's quite, he's quite shy on, he's not shy, hard to say, he's not really shy on stage, but he doesn't have that presence like the other two did. So it's always a question of what, what package you bring on the day. Yeah. Um, I have to say, once Elliot walked out on that stage and he, and he presented himself, his condition was absolutely spot on. You really couldn't get his condition better, you know. And uh, I think 
I mean, even Bob came up to me afterwards and said, had Elliot, we call it in the US, toe the line. So Elliot tends to sort of stand slightly at an angle because that's how we do it in the UK. Yeah. I th- but even Bob said to me, he was stood there watching, he was going, oh, Elliot, toe the line, toe the line, toe the line. If he'd stood more straighter, Bob felt he would have got it, would have picked it off Brandon. So it, that's how close it was. And fair play to Eddie, he's gone up out there against guys that have more muscle density than him, which normally in the UK would go against them. But in the US, they do have a bigger frame structure for, for, for Beachbody. And he absolutely smashed it. And I'm really proud. I've known Elliot for a long time. We go back a long way and I'm really, really proud of him. So fair play to him for that. Kyle, I, I don't know. I, I thought for me, could have, I mean, Ty, I think Kyle came fourth, didn't he? Fourth, yeah. Yeah, and Ty, Ty beat him. Um, and that, that just shows how Ty took it serious as well because I've seen Ty compete a few times and uh, and he's not coming in that condition. He really, really nailed it. So and I know for a fact that he, I did speak to him prior to the show uh, and weeks previous to the show that uh, there, were, there were concerns about the guys who were bringing over. So this is a credit to all the guys that came over because the Americans really upped their game because uh, they've seen the competition that was coming over. So fair play to them. So let me ask you this, Chris. Why do you think Kyle... Why, why did you have a little bit of concerns when Kyle came on stage? Why did he come forth? I think maybe it was down to... I, I, if I'm absolutely honest, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Elliot, I think was his, his stage presence, his presentation, the way he comes across, because these are all things that are scored in the GBO. I mean, yeah. some of them we, we take into consideration... But what, what people need to remember is when they go out on that Atlas stage, okay, and this is why I've stepped away from the judges' table. I used to judge at the GBO Atlas show, and I've stepped away from it for the simple reason it is that the judging is that intense that yeah. if you are not doing it week in, week out, it's so <laughs> hard to do, honest to God, because there are seven or eight different categories that you have to score each athlete in on a score of one to ten. And if you if you are not trained in that, if you're not qualified in that, and you do not do it to that intensity week in, week out, it's so hard to, to do. And these guys on that judges table have to mark each individual, not just the top five or the top ten, every single athlete on a score of one to ten for seven or eight, I think seven different perspectives of their presentation, the condition, the symmetry, dimension. You know, it's how it should be, really. Yeah. It's how it should be. You know, so I don't know. I'd, I'd have to speak to the judges themselves because I, I I sat there or I was sort of walking around thinking, I'm so happy I'm not on that judges table. I really did not want to be on it because it's so hard to do. You know. Here's my, yeah. Here's here's my, here's my opinion um, because I thought the judges got spot on. Yeah. Um, however, I remember the before this class went on, I went backstage you know, as all the guys were pumping up. I went backstage, and in my head straight away, uh, just like yourself, I really had thinking that Kyle would be our best chance in mm. maybe taking the title off Jeremy. And just for you guys who don't know, Jeremy is a, well, he's a now three-time Atlas winner. So like all two-time winners before that, you have to bring something special on stage to topple the reigning champion. That's how it is. You need to bring something special to topple the reigning champion, which Jeremy was. And by the way, yes, I agree, Chris. He looked absolutely spot on. Condition, muscularity, density, fantastic. But we knew that was a benchmark. So I felt Kyle was going to be our best shot. I went backstage and my God, 
I was like, whoa. I thought so, I thought some of these guys were the bodybuilders, and they were the men's physique guys. They were huge, shredded, dense. I was. I looked at Elliot. And I, was, I was thinking, mate. In my head, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm a little bit concerned now because you know I'm just going by what I, what I see backstage, and I knew like this is going to be one hell of a showdown. This is big. I went back to my seat, and I think uh, Kyle was the first one that came out, and Kyle didn't pop as much as he previously no. did, no. and I think it was his, it was his core area which mm. didn't look as tight. I know he has a tight core area because. At the photo shoot a week beforehand, flawless. We knew this guy was bringing it, but his core area didn't look as tight as it previously did. So I'm gonna be, gonna be a bit worried about him. Then I think uh, Prada came out. His back was immense, but yeah. he didn't have any glaze on him, so he didn't pop either. Oh. So I'm there thinking, damn, two out of two. Yeah, we've got no glaze on Prada. Um, Kyle's core area isn't popping like it did at Night Champions. And then Elliot came out. And I remember Guy Harding, Mr. Atlas, uh, 2018, 2019, turned to me and said, shit, man, Elliot had absolutely brought it. Because of how he was able to present himself on stage, he made himself look so much bigger. You know, but it, there's one way, there's, I've seen some poses where Elliot stands front on, and then he does a bit of a side pose, and he looks even wider. Yeah. And you saw him on stage, the smile, the look, the transitions, the presentation, everything you said, the GBO loves, he was doing. Yeah. Condition was by far the yeah. best on stage. Yeah. By far the best on stage. And it became straight away a battle between Jeremy and Elliot. Yeah. That's what it was. That's what it came down to. And where I felt Elliot may have lost it to Jeremy and Elliot did this as well was for the back. Guys, unfortunately, we were cut short at this point during our conversation with Chris Proctor due to a connection issue. So now we're returning back to the podcast episode discussing the Atlas 2019. Do you agree with the placings that you saw at the Atlas for the men's beach? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I thought I thought they were um, they, they were absolutely spot on, um, and I think it sets us up for a, a good return. Oh, I'm obviously I know uh, uh, Jeremy's now retired. Well, he's been retiring for the past few years, so let's see what happens there. But you know, um, I, I do think this time though that he's he has retired from it. He's you know he's got a family life, so it certainly sets us up for Elliot going back next year. And uh, let's see who else joins him on that because it's uh, it's going to be good. But yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with the judging. I thought for that category, I thought it was pretty much spot on. Yeah, I agree. Um, so just to let you guys know, it was Jeremy. From America, who came first, um, who's now a three-time champion. Ed from Great Britain, who came second. Ty from America, who came third. Kyle from Great Britain came fourth. And the fifth was another American, but I forgot his name completely, so I do apologise. But um, that was a start where he had two of Brits in the top four, with Ellie winning $1,000 and Kyle winning $300. Then on to the next class, Chris. Yeah. Then on to the next one. Just when we thought we can try to get our, get our breath back. No, we got straight back into the bikini. Sorry, the GBO Pro Atlas Beach, the women's. We got three of our girls. We had Abby, who was our wild card winner from last year at the Atlas, where she placed second. We had Helen, who came second at the Night Champions. 
So she had a ticket to America. And we have Scarlett, which obviously there was a little drama with Scarlett because she got her position to compete at the Atlas because the overall winner from Night Champions forfeited her position. And Scarlett was the highest ranked Night Champions overall winner. Um, so she took her place. So go on, Chris. Give me your thoughts. Before, <laughs> what was your thoughts of these three girls taking on what was the biggest class of the day? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, what can I say? I mean, I thought, well, what, where did Scarlett come from? <laughs> That's, know, you know what? I, That's I, exactly, exactly yeah. what Guy Harding said to me. Because I, let me just say, let me just tell you, tell you what happened. Helen came out first. Uh, was, was the first Brit come out. Oh, my God, straight away, Helen, you have brought it. Prestation, yeah. flawless. Lydia yeah. Red, Ed was behind me, going mental. Helen looked absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I was like, there we go. The benchmark has been raised. Then I think there was a Puerto Rico girl, which we'll go into her because she was in the top five as well. Yeah. Then Abby came out. Abby made the improvements she needed to make, which was a glutes uh, uh, from the back. That's what that's her, her sole focus was. Don't forget, Abby came second last year. So she was the highest ranked yeah. Atlas competitor on stage because the previous winner wasn't there anymore. So she came out, presentation, beautiful, looking flawless. Okay, we got a battle. Then Scarlet came out. Guy Harding, once again, said to me, where the hell has yeah. that came from? Has she been hiding it all yeah. that time under under a gown? As she came out, incredible condition, confident, and straight away, I looked at Guy, I looked at Lucy, who was our NFMK ambassador out there as well, and we were like, okay, now we got now now it's a game. Now we now we got a show. Now we got a battle between three Brits going for that one title. So mm. go on, Chris. Take take from there. I mean, I remember I remember seeing Scarlett at um, the Night of Champions. She did, didn't she? Yeah. And she looked okay, but she didn't stand out for me as much. So I didn't really know what to expect. Um, she didn't. Let's put this. I know this makes sound rude, but she didn't stick too much in my memory. And when when obviously then she then qualified to come. I yeah. thought, Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. Yes. Yeah, you know, she plays. She's done her bit. That's fair enough. Um, but when she came out of the Atlas, I was like, holy shit. And I remember looking over um, at across the judges' table at Dan and Todd and a few of the others, and I, I sort of just stared at them for a little bit. And I remember Todd looking over at me, and he just sort of like shrugged his shoulders and say, what the hell? You mean? And even Dan said to me afterwards, after I went and said, said you know, how do you think that went in the event? My God, the English girls turned up, didn't they? So... That said to me a lot, but I, yeah, I was, I was a little surprised that Helen didn't place higher because as an all-round package, Helen really does bring it. She brings the looks, the presentation, the condition, the shape, everything. So maybe Helen is maybe too muscular. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'd have, to, I'd have I didn't delve into that too much with the guys out there, and I, I will do because I would be interested to know. Um, I mean, she plays four, so it's not bad. Three. Sorry? I thought it was going to be one, two, three for our girls. Yeah. When so Scarlett just... went, right, okay, we've got top three here. Yeah, so let's just go back to this moment then so the, the listeners know what's going on. Yeah. After the, you know, we, we did all the comparisons, and mm. from what it looked like to me, it looked like it was between Abby 
and the girl from Puerto Rico. I'll, I'll try and look like in the middle. Now, just for you guys listening as well, with the GBO, it doesn't make a difference where you stand up in, in, in that line. You have a clue where you are. You could be, you could finish first place and you might be at the end of the line. And that's where it became so difficult. Like, you have a clue where yeah. everyone is. But from where it looked like, it looked like it was a battle between the girl from Puerto Rico and Abby. Then, of course, uh, the girls came back out, did the line walk, went back of, back of stage. They announced the top five. And mm-hmm. include, from that top five, we had the three Brits, Abby, Scarred, and Helen. We had the girl from Puerto Rico, and there was also an American as well. And that made our top five. So when our top five came out, Chris, talk to me when they were announcing fifth and fourth and your overall thoughts. When well, I just, I just want to say, like, go back to a point quickly what you're saying there. When they were doing the comparisons and that, Scarlett actually didn't get moved to the middle, literally just as they called pose down. Up until yeah. that point, she was out in the wings for the whole of the time. You know I me, mean? so I, I, I had no idea whatsoever where she was going to place. For me, I was like you, it's Abby, the Puerto Rican girl, and Helen. There was a, that was the top three for me because they only moved her to the centre. Literally, they moved her to the centre, they quarter turned them, and then went straight to pose down. Uh, so I, I thought, okay, that's didn't even didn't even I registered it, but didn't even think anything of it. But that's what, like you said, you don't know. They they do keep you guessing, which I think is a good good uh, good good quality. When that Absolutely. top five came out, yeah, I was. When Helen got called forth, I was disappointed. Not for me, but for her, because I know how much effort and how much she put into it, and I could see the disappointment in her face. So, obviously, for me, I was over the moon when she got them best presentation. Yeah. You know, so, just, just to clarify, everyone, um, so it was American fifth. Yes. Helen came fourth, which meant she won $400. But also later in the show, she also got awarded best presentation, which meant she won a bonus $500. So mm-hmm. now she was $900 in the green and fourth at the Atlas. Which I thought was very, very well deserved. And yeah. for me, it's good because Abby won that last year. Brits, Brits so, own that bit. Yeah, that, that, says, that says a lot for the Brits on their presentation, you know. So that's, that's what, okay, I'm proud of that point. But um, yeah, so Helen came out third, uh, fourth. When the Puerto Rican got called third, I thought Abby's got it. I thought Abby, Abby must have it. But I thought, but then I thought due to popular, because Abby is so popular out there. Do you know what they? Everybody in the audience, everybody, everybody likes Abby. They all adore her because she comes across so nice. She's so popular with everybody out there. I thought when it came to the term, I thought Abby's got it. But then I thought, but it's not about popularity. This is we're not about popularity, we're about who's the best on stage. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think even Scarlett thought Abby got it because you saw the look on her face when they called her as the winner, you know. And fair play to the girl, she did, she looked fantastic. She came out, she did everything she needed to do. I did feel a little sorry for Abby because that's second year now, she's coming second. But she, she's one of these people that takes that on board, soaks it up, and, and bounces back even more determined again than the following year. Yeah. She wants that title, Abby. And I, you know, I don't doubt for one second that yeah. it's it's not there for her. But yeah, really proud moment for for myself, for yourself, obviously, and for the whole team GB. Where you know we got three in the top five. I mean, that's just fantastic. That yeah. was we I thought we would really do well in. But yeah, what order? 
I really couldn't call it. You know, I it's, agree. I think um, when uh, when they had Abby as Scarlet in the center and they were holding hands, I was like, this is deja vu all over again. <laughs> it's like October 2018 at NFMBK when they had we had Abby and Scarlet and we were only offering one place to compete in America. And mm. that time, Abby won it and Abby went down knees and then she got a ticket and everything else is history because you, you've seen what she's done since then. Then, of course, we had the night champions when we had Lexi, Helen and Scarlett in the top three in overalls. Yeah. And Scarlett missed out on the trip to America. So it was Lexi and Helen. But of course, Lexi had a forfeit a, uh, a ticket, which allows Scarlett to, um, to compete at the Atlas. But she didn't have a moment on stage. So two, ti- two times now, October, May. And when I saw those two on stage, I was like, oh, my God, it's happening all over again. Hands over eyes. Mm. I, I think Abby's got this. Mm. Second at the Atlas, I think Abby's got it. But, oh, my God, Scott, you are deserving yeah. in not just top five, but this top two. Mm. Then the judges made the announcement. The winner of the Pro Miss Atlas 2019 is Scott O'Connor. Mm. I saw her face absolutely dropped. Crowd was going mental because they loved the battle that Scott yeah. and Abby had on stage. Nobody knew where this was going. Abby, full respect to her as well, looked absolutely, she knew how much this meant to Scott yeah. as well. So, yeah. respect to them both. Abby coming out of it with $1,500, which, by yeah. the way, guys, last year she came second. She only won $600. Mm-hmm. This year, one year later, thanks to Machibio, it's $1,500. That's a massive increase for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scarlett walked away with $3,000. $3,000. She already had a flight to the competition paid for. She's now the new Miss Atlas Beach Champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a moment, and there is a picture, I'll send this picture to you as well, Chris. You may have seen it already. But there is a moment where Helen, Abby, and Scott are together just yep. embracing Watch I Hug. I think you're there. You're sneaking in the picture as well, yep. coming in the side. That you saw that these three, they knew how much this meant. Yeah. And for Scott, who just started competing August 2018, 16-year-old son uh, back home, didn't have a moment with NFMUK where she won the ticket to America. She missed out in October last year. She missed out in May. She got the ticket through a forfeit. And then to come down to Atlas in Oklahoma City at the big one, at the big one, this is a show them, this is the Super Bowl for the GBO. And to take the first place, wow, I mean, what a moment that was. And um, once again, respect to her for taking it serious, taking that ticket, taking that advantage, putting all the hard work in to turn up looking the way she did. Fair play to her, you know, she really sort of has seen the opportunity. And, and went for it. So, fair play, hard work, and well deserved. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was a fantastic, fantastic class. And well done to all three girls, and of yeah. course, all the all the girls who competed at the Atlas uh, GBO uh, Beach class because that was a stacked lineup and a, a great, great class. So we move on to the next class. Yeah, and this was for you as well because I never had any of the GB girls competing in this category. And this was the figure class. Yeah. So this is where we had two of our girls. We had Victoria Dales, who was our Super Showdown overall winner. Mm-hmm. 
mm. who, who also did a guest pose in the amateur section beforehand. And we had Kimberly Taylor. Kimberly, who won the athletic bikini class mm. at the Super Showdown. She did become second, second place and night champions. And she came up to Victoria at the Super Showdown. So she earned her ticket at the same show as Victoria. The only difference was Kimberly was stepping into a new class that she yeah. had never done before. And she yeah. wanted it. You know, I knew how much she wanted it to test herself. Only a young girl, by the way, only a young girl. She started the year as a junior. So Victoria, Kimberly, the figure class, talk to me about uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I got me. I did. I felt sorry for Kimberly a little bit because she was going in completely cold to a category she's never done before. She didn't know the format, didn't know anything about it. She had time to to learn it, which she did. And to be fair, I actually thought her figure posing was really, really good. Considering it's her first time on stage doing it, I thought that it was fantastic. She held herself, she presented herself really, really well. But it was a difficult category for her. But I do feel that's where her future lies. For me, her, her she just needs to fill out a little bit more on her upper body, a bit more shoulders, a bit more arms. But her legs are absolutely on point. So I, I for me, I do feel that's where her uh, her future lies. The fact she didn't place, I know it hurt her. I know it bothered her because she really put her heart and soul into it and I felt for a little bit. But I think it was down to lack of experience within that category why she didn't place. I think once she's done it a few more, and I hope she does go down that route because I think that's the route she needs to go down uh, or, or work to, um, I do think if she bounces back and comes to the Atlas again, it will be a different story the next time. Uh, so, yeah, I, but I did feel from the day because she put her heart and soul into it, but she did great, though. I just want to just touch on uh, Kimberly as well because I absolutely agree. In my personal opinion, I did have her placing in the top five. Yeah. But, but that was before they started doing the results. And when they started doing the results, it looked like they were scoring on the girls of the top end were had the more muscular maturity. They yeah. were more developed. And, and when you were looking at that, then you saw the differences. But Kimberly, where she was from the front, from the back, mm. you know, even the side poses, absolute golden poses. That, that she got great quads, small waist going to wide shoulders. Yeah. She really held her own and she looked absolutely fantastic. And there was um there was this American next to me, um, spectator, and she was cheering Kimberly on, going, Go girl, go girl, like <laughs> loving the, the sass. And you could tell Kimberly was smiling because she fed off the fact that she could hear people cheer on with an American accent, which meant she'd been accepted by the American audience just competing for the first time as a figure competitor. So for my, in my opinion, she can really take that as a big win. I mean, she does have an amazing stage presence. And I remember speaking to her at the Night of Champions in May when she didn't qualify. Yeah. I, I wanted, I had to go and find her after because I, I wanted her to come back again to compete at the, the show in September because I felt she had the potential definitely to go to America. Um, because her stage presence and the way she holds herself and everything on stage is really, really good. It's it's a rare quality these days in, in this industry to see someone like her because she is tall. You know, yeah. they tend yeah. to, they do, they all hold themselves well, but to present themselves and come across in the way she does, because she is quite a quiet person actually, but on stage she just blossoms into some, to, to this like, not, she, yeah, no, I won't say diva, not diva, but she just presents herself completely in a different way than what Definitely. she does off stage, you know. So 
Yeah, I'm, I remember speaking to May, so I'm glad she came and I'm glad she did the category she did because it would have been the best one for her. And uh, like I said, I, yeah. I do, I'd love to see her back there next year doing figure. Yeah. Take so, a year, work on that size and come back and smash it. Yeah, absolutely. So Kimberly only uh, missed out on the top five, whereas Victoria, now she placed fifth yeah. in the uh, in the Atlas figure class. So talk me through your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I had I did have her a little higher to be fair. I had, I had in the top three, if I'm honest. But um, like I say, the, you know, the judging is judged on all aspects of it. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see why why she placed fifth and not third. Just purely out of interest for me, and that's not me criticising the judging at all. Because I think the judging spot on because uh, yeah. that's how they see it. Um, I would have liked to have seen her placed higher uh, had they done routines in figure, which we don't do in the US. I think it would have been a different story because her routine is very, very good. Hence why I had to do in the guest posing in the amateur show. And I mean, you were there, it went down really, really well, didn't it? You know, Absolutely. All, yeah. So I think, I think for even, even for, 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 for Vic, even though she's got more experience in figure and she holds herself really well and her, her posing was really crisp and sharp, again, to compete with the Americans, she does need to put just a little bit more proportional size on everywhere. Because obviously she's she's small, so she's always up against it a little bit. And I understand from her point of view why she is careful because she doesn't want to. The smaller the smaller you are, the easier it is to go wider, which she yeah. doesn't want to do. And I get I understand that. So it's going to be harder for her to 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 get that proportion right to fit into America for figure. However, I do think that she's she's definitely. I mean, she's finished fifth. So you know, there's there's every opportunity to finish higher in the future, definitely. Absolutely. I think she could take so much away from the experience. You know, it was the first time competing internationally. You know, she's done a lot of the shows in the past. So this was really her biggest show to date. And with the other girls she competed with, they looked like they've had probably a decade more experience than her. So the fact that she held herself, she plays from a top five, you know, once again, another another fantastic outing for mm -hmm. the for Team Britain and fair play to Vic. I know she and to be fair, she came out of it and she was disappointed. She was like, you know, all I want to do was place. Yeah. I just want to know that I I was able to hang with the Americans, you know, hang mm -hmm. in the top five, and that's all she wanted. So it was lovely to see, you know, that her yes. response. She loved the routine bit as well. Yes, she has a really good coach, Wendy McCready. Yeah. Now, Wendy McCready's an IFBB pro. She's been around. That's not that she's been around a while. It makes it sound old, but she's not. <laughs> but she knows her stuff. Wendy yeah, yeah. really is a good prep coach, and she knows exactly what to do. Obviously, the way things are in the GBO, Wendy won't know, but she'll take the feedback from what Vic's got now and where Vic placed. And I imagine Vic will stay with Wendy. I hope she does. Um, yeah. And yeah. That, you know, if they, she comes back next year or in the future years. Then she has every chance of doing well, sticking, you know, working with Wendy because she does know us. No. Exactly. So we move on to classic bodybuilding. Yes. So classic bodybuilding, and this is uh, this is an interesting class because the routines. I love, I love, I love the routines. And Chris, I'm going to keep throwing it at you. Please, please, please get the figure girls to the routines. <laughs> if the routines are as good as the classic bodybuilders, which brought the brought the place down, yeah. come on, man, let's get the routines in. But let's go, let's go into it. So we, our representative was Mustafa. Yes. Mustafa won the men's muscle amateur and the pro class and nine champions, and then came second to Kyle in the overalls. So he earned his tickets back in May. Yeah. He he wanted to go into 
classic bodybuilding, which made the most sense for him anyway. Yeah. So I think he knew one of the guys over there um, from from Egypt. Muhammad, so yeah. he came he came there, and he's very much about that champion mindset. I'm going yeah. for the win, the win, the win, the win. That's all I'm going for. I want that trophy. He was telling me how much he wants that trophy. So talk to me about the the classic bodybuilding class. One of the probably most competitive categories of classic physique I've seen in a long time. There was some amazing shit. I mean, I knew Mohammed uh, from Egypt was always going to be, and he, every year he brings amazing conditions. So I knew he was up against it, against Mohammed. Darwin, the guy who won it, yeah, I mean, he, he, he came second last year and his condition wasn't good enough, but he had the potential because I'd seen what he'd like, or seen what he was like when he qualified. Uh, and the um, the Spanish kid, and I can't remember his name, who qualified, but lives in the US, he really brought his A-game. So Mustafa was really, really up against it, really up against it. And, you know, bearing in mind that classic physique is all about, or classic bodybuilding, as we call it there, is all about proportion, symmetry and dimensions. Some of the shapes that came out on that stage, I was even amazed at, I didn't expect. And funny enough, there was um, a guy in the audience called Kim Jones, who's... Um, He's an IFBB, he puts a lot of uh, athletes for IFBB. He came up to me after and even he said, really impressed with your classic bodybuilding. That was really, really impressive. So that's nice to get feedback from, from, from other federations about that as well. But I did feel for Mustafa and when I was on stage and the top five got called out and he didn't get called out, I looked at him backstage and I, could, I felt for him. I could see his, his chin drop, his head drop. He was absolutely gutted and I did feel for him. You know, I think, again, that's the right category for him, um, and he's, he looked great. But I think he's, to do classic bodybuilding against guys like that, his condition needs to be a little bit better. And I think that's the only reason why um, he didn't place in the top five, because proportion and symmetry and dimensional-wise, you know, that's why we want to do classic uh, bodybuilding, because I think he fits it really, really well. He's not overpowering on any on any aspect yeah. it's a nice clinical shape um i just think he didn't have the condition that the other guys had his condition was good but the other guys was just better they were just crisper and drier and i think yeah that not letting down a little bit that gave the others an advantage you know yeah yeah i mean from a lead up to a show i thought mustafa looked fantastic uh, he was confident i was confident for him but then i never did give classic bodybuilding the attention i did last year because mm. none of my guys were competing yeah. and they never gave it too much attention but of course when he came on stage he didn't i told him this as well i just felt that he didn't have the confidence he had before because one was called turns he faced the wrong way yeah then it he, he, he felt like a few poses for him to get back into it and by then i thought okay you know what maybe a few places slipped away he's still gonna have a top five but i thought at that point his confidence did drop. And I know all the Brits, so all Team GB were out at this point, spectating and trying to get his chair Mustafa on, trying to get him riled because he felt like his confidence just took a hit by making a few mistakes poses. He did come, he did come a little bit better towards the end. Then we got the routines. And what people don't know uh, for the guys back in Britain is the, the routines at the GBO class bodybuilding, they are very theatrical. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. I love the fact that a lot of these people have taken a lot of time. They got his props. One guy had two of the lads come in. Yeah. It was like Wakanda. It was yeah. black 
the style. Yeah. And um, everyone, I, I love it. Look, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's very theatrical. Showcase your personality. And I don't think Mustafa knew that with the uh, the routines, the type of things that other people were doing. Well, um, I didn't know that was coming. It wasn't that way last year. And there, yeah. there must have been an email gone out somewhere that I missed because literally... I don't know what it was, but I know Hakeem has always been quite a theatrical, uh, and I think yeah, he's yeah. Kind of like laid the gauntlet out. But obviously, we've not clocked that in the UK at all because uh, there was some real random stuff up there. But do you know what? Why not? It's a routine. That's yeah. what it's all about. I'd like to see more of that in the bodybuilding, you know, yeah. not just classic bodybuilding. Um, but yeah, it was there was some real good stuff up there, and it, and it created a real good atmosphere, and, and everyone enjoyed it. So exactly, yeah. exactly. But I know for a fact that though Mustafa didn't place, he is more than hungry than ever before. He knows he wants to put some more size on. He's gonna he wants to get a little bit tighter, but he knows he wants to come back, and he he's put that Atlas title in his head. He yeah. wants that title come November 2020 in Galveston, Texas. So I know we'll be returning. Uh, when it comes, I think he might be trying to try qualify again through NFMK to get funded or go his own way um, to come out with Team GB. But I know he'll be back, and I know he was hurting, but I know as well he was so happy for the team on how everybody performed. Uh, I don't know if he coaches himself or not. I'm not too sure with um, Mustafa, but I mean, a good person to speak to would be Guy, because one thing Guy does know, he does really know his stuff. You know, and I've I've had many conversations with Guy, and uh, you know I've been really impressed with him when I've sat with him on the judges' table as well. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are um, in the industry that that sort of know what they're doing, but his knowledge of each category and on the judging level was really really good as well. And I know his knowledge of prepping and stuff is very good as well. So, you know, it'd be nice for Mustafa to maybe have a chat with Guy, because Guy's a nice guy, he'll help him out, you know, he knows him, he will help him out to, to bring him back exactly where he wants to be. Absolutely, and that kind of leads us on to the last category of the day, which mm. was the Mr. Atlas, the bodybuilding class, Guy Harding's class, the guy, uh, the class that Guy won last year, when he became Mr. Atlas 2018. I'll be honest, Chris, Lead up to the show, lead up to the Atlas. I felt that this was a done deal for Guy. No yes. disrespect to any of the bodybuilders because I knew the ones who pushed him last year weren't yeah. returning to the stage. So in respect to all the athletes, in the end, I thought we did better than what I thought. We did push Guy a little bit more than I thought. But when Guy stepped on stage, it really was, and I mean, no disrespect for this, it really was men versus boys. And I felt that that was probably the easiest class the GB guys had. And that was the bodybuilding class, which Guy won and took home $2,000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, Purvis wasn't there this year. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I was always confident and comfortable with Guy anyway, to be fair, because he does. And to be fair, I, I hadn't I seen him at September, obviously, your show in September. And I hadn't seen him since um, November last year. Um. Obviously, we shared a room together for, for your show, and he, he was chilling out. I was hoping you set up. When I got back to the hotel, he came out of the, the bathroom. I was like, holy shit. You, you, I can't believe how much size he'd put on. I mean, he was a big yeah. guy anyway. Do you know what I mean? But he'd, he'd put on even more size, and, he, and he, I thought, okay, obviously he's going to lose a bit of that when he comes to uh, uh, November, but I'm thinking, well, hang on, he's only got like eight weeks, seven weeks or something like that. 
Um, and and he, and he didn't. He just came in leaner. He actually didn't lose any of the mass that he'd put on. So, but then he hadn't competed for a year. He took a year to come back bigger and better. And yeah. uh, you know, and, and I think he, even if Purvis had been there, no disrespect to Purvis, I, I don't think he. You know, I think Guy would have would would have would have had it. It will be interesting to see next year though, um, if that's the same again. Because there were a few missing. One of the guy Kyle competed. Um, in the bodybuilding, one of the American guys, he's come in a lot bigger and better uh, from when I've seen him previously as well. So I think he might be someone to watch out for in the future um, as far as the bodybuilding goes and any new ones coming through. But yeah, I was comfortable and, and he did a good job. Yeah, I hope so. I really do hope that because in the end, the bodybuilding is the bread and butter of like the, it's the last class of the day and that's where you want the Titanic battles where we had in 2018, it was a battle. Even Guy came off stage thinking, you know what, that was probably one of the hardest classes I've done this year. And this year, obviously, didn't have that same, the same uh, entertainment that we had last year. But I really do hope that 2020, that we get more of the big bodybuilders come out for all these countries, because the GBO is spreading into more states in America and more countries outside of America as well. So I'm hoping that will attract more bodybuilders. I really yeah. give Guy push when he goes for a treble. There was a couple of the South American guys that sadly didn't get visas, which is a shame because there was some really, you know, some really good shapes that didn't make it for the bodybuilding. So that's a disappointment. Plus we got the Italians on board. Now the Italians are absolutely mad on bodybuilding and there's some amazing shapes out there. I've been out to the show in October uh, to meet with the guys out there and they will have a team out there next year. I guarantee that now. I'm off in February to meet with them. I'm flying out to Pisa in Italy to meet with them again to find out. I mean, it's a, it's a done deal. We're just dotting the T's and crossing the I's, if you will, in uh, in February. And uh, they are going to have a team out there at the Atlas in November. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they bring because I've seen what, what they've got out there at just one of their shows. Uh, I'm going to be hopefully going to a few more this year. Awesome. And uh, yeah, they're going to bring some some bloody good athletes for all categories. So that's going to be good for us as well. You know? That's fantastic to hear. So at the end of the GBO Atlas 2019, Team GB walked away with two first place, two second place, two fourth place, mm. a fifth place and a best presentation winner as well, which brought the total prize money to $8,800. And just to point out to context, last year... We had one winner, one second place, one third place, and we brought back $3,500. So, Team GB, we took more people out. We made a statement. You know, a lot of these guys who came out this year will probably be returning this next year with yeah. also some new faces as well. And fair play to Team GB. Uh, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic experience. Once again, I'm always slightly worried. Being in, in, in a house with 10 people all gunning for the victory, yeah. like, will egos play a place? But you know what? From the moment we got on the plane to the moment we left, I really did feel that there was a very much a family yeah. environment, family tie. Everybody was there, supported each other. There yeah. was nobody who, yes, there will always gonna be people that will be disappointed by the results. But nobody took it personally or use it to attack somebody else. I thought everybody, yeah. if they did get a result of what they wanted, they've used it for fuel to drive them for 2020. Thing is, the bigger the team is, the harder it's going to be to get results for everybody. You know, and and it's always going to be that way. And 
as the as the years progress and the standard and the, and the, we expand even more across the globe, we're going to get even more athletes that are going to come in. So it's going to get tougher and tougher. But that's what they want. They want to go. They want to go and compete against the best of the best from all around the world. That's what we're trying to achieve. And uh, you know we've achieved it so far. And we're, we're, each year we're building forward and forward. And you know I'm looking forward to uh, another year. It's going to be exciting stuff. So let me ask you this one question then. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Elliot then. Uh, one, one more question, Chris. Okay, so Scott won a class. Yeah. Guy won a class. Out of everybody else who didn't win, if you had to pick one of them where you felt they've got the best chance in coming first place next year at the Atlas, which one would you pick? It'd have to be Abby. Abby. Oh, so you think Abby will topple Scarlett? I do, I do, I do. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think if I was to take everyone who's won out the equation, then Abby all day long. But I know what Abby's like. Do you know what I mean? She's not going to sit back. She wants that. She wants that first place. Yeah. Uh, I can really see her bouncing back. Um, I mean, I don't know where she'd improve. I, I really don't know. But she'll find somewhere. And I do think that she'll uh, bounce back. I'm not saying that she'll beat Scarlett, but if I was going to tip someone for really, really going for it for that first place, that I, could probably, I could probably put Elliot in that category as well. To be I fair. can't pick two. I was going to say Elliot. I was going to say that of all the guy, the, uh, the girls guys who didn't win, my pick would be Elliot. Elliot. One, for the fact that um, Jeremy is retiring, which puts Elliot as number one ranked, even though I know Elliot will want me to say this. Jeremy, if you happen to listen to this podcast, if you are out there in America, please, please, please come back to the Atlas. Dare you to see if you can win it four times because I got my guys back out there. But in all I seriousness, I wouldn't wrap them off yet. I know what he's like. <laughs> I would, um, I would say Elliot. Um, I would say Elliot probably is, probably would be the one where he's one place away from first yeah. place, and from from the fact that I know he's going to spend the he's focused on one show in 2020, mm. one show at the Atlas in uh, in America. So I know his off season is all about focusing on his back, on the width yeah. and density. That's not taking anything away from Kyla Prada because I know those guys will come back stronger and their their um, their careers, their experiences at GBO isn't over yet. I know they'll be back, but in my opinion, uh, Elliot will be the one where I think he's got the wild card anyway. He's already qualified to compete at the Atlas, so yeah. he's there anyway. Yeah. But uh, Chris, I'm gonna call it a, a wrap over there. But I'm gonna say one last thing. We did the People's Champions Awards recently. And I know I announced yourself as the hero of the year. And yeah. I just want to take a minute or two minutes just to explain why uh, I put you down for the hero of the year. And you saw some of the messages we had from Bob, yeah. Todd, Elliot, Abby, Guy, Matt, uh, Matt Thomas. Uh, shout yeah. out to Matt Thomas as well. You were the photographer out in Atlas. But... The reason why I wanted to award you the Hero of the Year 2019 for the People Awards was, one, your your dedication to not just the GBO, because your affiliation with bodybuilding goes beyond GBO, you know, years, years before that. You know, I know you served in the Army and you've taken that 
have surged into the bodybuilding and fitness industry. I know you've been associated with many federations in the past where you've always been one to support the athletes, whether they've been competing at a federation or they haven't. You've always been one to extend that hand, to extend uh, that olive branch to offer any support. And you've taken that on to the GBO where you've been associated for quite a while now. And the work you've done with the GBO, the work you've done with the athletes behind the scenes, always try and go over and beyond with each person, uh, always wanting to help anyone, no matter where they compete, really does go a long way. And I hope from the, those messages you saw from the people that I know I did a little post on Instagram, that you understand that the the people that that you are impacting very much do appreciate all the work and support you put in. And long may that continue into to the next decade we have 2020 very yeah. soon. Yeah. So, um, you know, you were very much the the right winner. Uh, with that, uh, your name did come up a, a few times by the other, uh, by some of the athletes as well, but it was very much my decision because in the end, I see what everyone's doing. I see the work, the service everyone provide. And in my eyes, that's why I wanted to award you the hero of the year. And I will be sending your prize in the post very soon once we get Christmas out of the way. All right. I appreciate that. No, I do appreciate it. Was, it was an eye. I didn't expect it. I really didn't expect it. didn't see it coming. And it's very much appreciated. And, and the, the testimonials that some of the guys had written was uh, really touching. So, uh, yeah, it meant a lot to me. I'm not great at responding to stuff like that because I go all kind of like, but somebody who's got a lot to say, times like that i don't have a lot to say i go all shy a bit like yourself really you know i think we both like that we both like being you know being the guys behind the scenes making things happen but then the moment we get asked to go on stage we're like no 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 come on let me let me get back to work let me yeah. get back to making things happen yeah but once again chris i really do appreciate you coming down uh for this to do the recap for the athlete 2019 as we roll on to 2020, we're going to have GB teams going back to Atlas in November in Galveston. We've yeah. obviously got Italy. Yeah, the Italy in a hollow show as well. GBO stretching into Europe. Yeah. Once again, we started with three competitors representing GB back in 2018. Ten competitors in 2019. We've got 26 people going out all over the world competing with the GBO uh, through NFM UK in 2020. And it's just going to get bigger, bigger and bigger. So my advice, anyone who is listening, if you are looking to compete in 2020, make sure you pop down Night Champions or Super Showdown as one of your shows to be compete. If you're already got pro status, compete in one of those shows. If you want to go straight out to the GBO because you are able to compete in the pro shows, you could do that straight away. You can pay on your own dime and you've already seen the results of hard work perseverance and persistence of how much money there is to make and uh fair play to all the winners everyone who represents gb 2020 is no doubt gonna be a bigger year we've than got, uh 2019. We've got some uh, we've got some exciting options as well coming up with uh italy and holland and um i know for a fact that uh, once the athletes start to compete in these shows and as i build my relationship up with these show promoters is going to open up avenues to other countries as well italy have already stated that uh, I'm not going to say any countries yet, but I've already stated that there's uh, they will connect to other people or have already connected with other people that are showing an interest. I've had an interest shown from Greece and also Hungary as well. So uh, that there are avenues I need to explore this year as well. Likewise with Holland, I know once 
the show in Holland will create me and open up a doorway to Germany, which is the one I really want most. Obviously, myself speaking German and spend a lot of my life in Germany. That's the one I want as well as the most. So it's going to be a lot of expansion over the next uh, year or two within Europe. So it's going to be exciting stuff. And it's all opportunities for the guys in the UK to go out and likewise for those guys from around the Europe to come and compete in the shows in the UK because they want to do that just as much as the guys from the UK want to go out and compete in Europe. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah, there's going to be some announcements this year that are going to get really thick things going. Guys, a big thank you for tuning in to our first ever episode of That Guy from NFM UK. That was a recap of the Atlas International 2019. And also a big thank you to Chris Proctor, who took his time to record this week's episode. Now, I'm sure some of you guys may be thinking, how do you represent Great Britain at the Atlas International? Well, guys, as always, we have two shows running each year. The NFM UK Night of Champions on the 3rd of May and the NFM UK Super Showdown on the 18th of October. Both shows are open to the pro and the amateur competitors. Now, as always, we've gone bigger and better than ever before. This year, we are giving away 24 tickets to compete at GBO International Shows, which includes your accommodation and your flights all covered. Now, if you have any questions about the NFMEK and the GBO shows, please do reach out to me on Instagram, which is at NFMEK underscore official, or you can reach out to me on our website, www.nfmuk.co.uk. Guys, big thank you for tuning in to the first ever episode of NFMUK. I hope you tune in to future episodes. As for now, that's me signing out. Thank you for tuning in to that guy for NFMUK.